Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets, for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. Louise, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. It is. It what is. It was. Don't you agree? It's a disaster. If I knew what it was. The toilet roll tubes. <laughs> you know the little tube in the middle of the toilet roll? Yeah. They're doing away with them. Why? Is just to save paper, like? To give you more bang for your buck. Oh, you don't get bang for your buck. Should it be flattened? People, it'll end up being square. Well, that's my thought precisely. But I see, I just happen to see, Cushel, who are one of the big manufacturers, says it's all over. They don't, they're not going to use them anymore. They're going to do something <laughs> with the paper in the centre that it doesn't squash. And... Cushel will be Crushel. <laughs> I think so from now on. But my word, you know what they mean to the world? Those little... Rolls in the centre of the toilet rolls. Arts and crafts. Arts and crafts in school for children. Blue Peter. Sure, there wouldn't be anything made in Blue Peter for years if they hadn't got them as well. And you know when you give them to a child, a child, you know a child loves going round as if it's a megaphone with Or binoculars. Binoculars is right. There are so many uses for them. And I think adults, if they cut them in half and put them, especially ladies that are very house proud, put them in between the pleats of the curtains this is kind of an internet. Okay. Tech. And when you open your curtains, then it holds the pleats. Perfectly. Perfectly. So each pleat is the exact same distance between them. There is another, another, yeah. another Interior design. That the world is going to be without. <laughs> Isn't this just shocking? I am calling on Cushel today to change their minds, <laughs> to turn back and leave them alone. Please leave them alone. If you're listening to us today, is there any other use for the uh, the centre of your toilet roll? A unique use that you might have for them as well. Now you should recycle them as always. But the toilet roll tube, do you use them for anything else are you with myself and Louise you know in all the uses there are for them and the disaster that this is going to be 086 1800 658 WhatsApp or text us to the show that's the number you need 086 1800 658 well I have somebody standing by that I'm really looking forward to talking to she's one of our regulars she is Ireland's foremost organic gardening expert and we love her on late lunch she's been a regular for years and I'm delighted to say hello again to Nikki Kyle hi Nikki Jerry, I use toilet roll middles for sowing seeds in, naturally enough. 
I knew that, you see, and I was just hoping without prompting you that you'd come on and mention this. They are so useful to the gardener, aren't they? Oh, they really are. I mean, they're fantastic, you know, and it's so ridiculous to be throwing them into the recycling bin. I mean, you know, we should be using them. Yes. You should use everything that can be recycled. Anyway, that's for another day. Yeah, but anyway, I've seen you put the seed into them, isn't this right? And yep. then you put the, the whole, the, 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 even the half the roll, you divide them in two at times, yep. and you can put them directly into the soil and the plant will continue on yep. merrily. A- absolutely, as long as you bury them well. Never leave yes. them sticking out the top of the soil because otherwise they dry out and they act like a wick and they shrink um, you know, against the roots of the plant. But so, there we are. I mean, they're brilliant for carrots and root crops, all kinds of things, particularly early in the year. Brilliant, brilliant. Anyway, that's an aside today. I want to say, first of all, congratulations to you because you are the founder of the Totally Terrific (laughs) Tomato Festival and it's back this weekend. It is. I mean, I'm so excited uh, about it happening and I'm so grateful uh, to Airfield for taking it on and incredibly sorry that I can't be there. I'm I'm pretty quite weepy about it, actually. Mm. But, you know, that's just the way it is. One's babies grow up and they have to and and it's maturing and it's becoming popular and well-known and it's terrific. I'm I'm so so pleased it's being such a success. What a great name you opted for because it rolls off the tongue, the TTTF, the Totally Terrific Tomato Festival. And Nikki, I want I want to ask you this while I have you with us. Why did you set it up in the first place? Well, it, it really wasn't... I mean, you know I love tomatoes, mm. Jerry. We all love tomatoes. Um, uh, but uh, it wasn't just about tomatoes. It was um, that I'd become aware of the, the increasing loss of, of genetic diversity in all food crops. Um, since the 1970s, in fact, um, you know, the, there was a decreasing choice of, of seeds on offer to gardeners in all seed catalogues. Although they look fun and, you know, full of F1 hybrids and everything, the, 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 the choice of seeds which we could actually grow and save ourselves was decreasing all the time. Um, because these seed co- uh, companies, the small seed companies, were being taken over by a lot of the big seed companies, you know, and it's got to the point now where there's only four major agrochemical stroke seed companies in the entire world, and they're controlling much of our food supply, and this is not a good thing, because they want to, you know, us to grow only varieties that they sell, their F1 hybrid varieties that they own patents on, um, which means we can't save seeds from those varieties. We need to grow open pollinated varieties to save seeds from, and there's, you know, a lot of reasons which are I'll talk about later on um, about that. Yeah, the pennies just dropped with me and I'm sure listeners as well. That's the thing. This is about having control and, you know, if you can produce your own seed, well, they ain't going to sell as much, are they? No, that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, they want us to grow their F1 hybrid patent varieties. But the point is that those are always, they are a specific cross between two known parents done each year, repeated under, um, you know, replicated under greenhouse conditions um, and then sold to us, which means that we can't save seed from them. If we do, we'll just get mongrels. Yeah, we might be lucky and get one or two decent ones, but there's going to be an awful lot of mongrels and they won't be the same. Whereas if you're growing open pollinated varieties, um, you're much more likely to get you know, pretty much 99% certain that you're going to get the same variety. Uh, actually, that's one of the things, that, wonderful things that Airfield is doing, is they're doing uh, research into growing an alternative to sun gold, which would be very interesting, and they're having tastings of it this weekend, and I'm really sorry I can't be there to taste them. You know, I've got one here, which I think would pretty much rival it, but mm. it'll take time. It takes about six years to establish um, you know, a, a, a variety as being stable, which means you won't get a lot of money when you sow the seed, uh, if you're starting off from an F1 hybrid seed.
Now, Sun Gold, or, sorry, should I say, <laughs> Sun Gold, they're having me head of so many varieties, which is another cracking little variety as well. But when you mention Rosada, that is the prime example of a wonderfully beautiful tomato, the nicest tomato you've ever grown, you said to me, and I've ever tasted. I've grown yeah. them since. You've sort of rescued them, but there's a lot of work in what you do because you've given me two Rosadas this year and I'm, I'm getting lovely tomatoes from them, but you've had to go a different road. Well, I had to take cuttings from it because, as I said, um, you can't uh, replicate F1 hybrids uh, by saving seed from an F1 hybrid. Mm. Um, And I don't have anything against F1 hybrids, uh, but the point is we don't know what the parents are, so we can't do the cross ourselves. So basically we're making money for the seed companies, which is fine if they don't drop it. Um, But unfortunately, in the case of Rosada, um, sorry, excuse me, they um, wanted to buy the patent off the breeder, who I believe is in the Far East somewhere, um, who uh, was actually, who had devised this, developed this F1 hybrid. Uh, And he wouldn't sell it, naturally enough, because it was coming top of all the seed tastings and seed growing uh, testing anywhere. and so the seed companies wanted to buy it. And when they couldn't buy it, they said, OK, we're not going to list it in our catalogs anymore, which means you won't sell it. So you either sell it to us or that's it. So he wouldn't sell it. He stuck to his principles. And it's sadly not available now from seed. Now, there's lots of other stories around about why, uh, you know, it wasn't available. But that yes. I was told by a small seed company in the UK. And I trust them totally. OK. So, so in the context of the world today and all that's been happening and look, we're we're in turmoil. No need to remind yeah. you of this. But food security, we're talking about energy security at the yeah. moment, and, and that's coming down the tracks fast this winter. But food security is looming, isn't it? Well, it is. And, you know, what? we've got a great lesson in our potato famine here, that putting all your eggs into one basket really is, is a bad idea. You know, I mean, for decades now, um, you know, I suppose you, you probably, when you ate your breakfast today, you didn't think about the seeds which produced it. No. But humans have been saving seed and growing food crops for thousands of years. And every food that every creature on Earth eats starts with the seed of a plant. So then, of course, um, you know, the big agricultural stroke agrochemical um, seed companies got the idea that owning those seeds would be a great commercial opportunity. So for decades now, uh, they've been taking over smaller companies, merging them and closing them down, dropping varieties, um, uh, and there's far less um, diversity out there and far more, um, you know, corporate control of the seed supply. Uh, And this is very dangerous because with the climate, uh, the climate changing, you know, conditions for growing things uh, are changing rapidly and we need a wide gene pool of varieties to draw from in order to be able to breed new varieties which will be able to cope with, with the unknown conditions that we, we really don't know about right now. Uh, I mean, the, these big companies are telling us that, oh, GMOs and, uh, and patented, their patented seeds are, are the way to go. But they're not because those uh, varieties can't adapt to climate change like older varieties which have been pollinated and bred over hundreds of years in, in many cases. You know, and it doesn't matter what you look at, but it, tomatoes are a case in point because half the world's population, or all the world's population, I'm sorry, eat half its own weight in tomatoes mm. every year. It's that um, is a staggering Staggering. Thing. Staggering. It, you know, it, it, it's in, they're in everything. Mm. Think about it. Tomato mm. sauce, pizza, you know, yes. um, ready meals, curries, you name it. They're in it. Um, and if a, a, a disease were to hit tomatoes tomorrow, which 
couldn't be coped with it, it, other than by breeding a new variety uh, which might have more resistant to pests or diseases. Um, you know, if we keep dropping varieties, losing them and not growing them, those varieties won't be there in the gene pool for us to draw from to breathe a, you know, a new variety. Mm-hmm. So it's terribly important. And it's the same really with all food crops um, because right now, you know, <laughs> in the world, most of our calories come from just, uh, I think, about three um, crops, rice, um, corn, and wheat. And many of those are actually very closely related, you know, uh, in their individual sort of um, gene pools. Mm. Um, and, you know, if something were, if some disease were to strike them, which couldn't be dealt with, you know, we need to have that diversity there to actually draw from, to be able to new, grow new varieties, breed new varieties. Yes. So it's, it's terribly important. And, you know, we can't just seed, um, you know, C-E-D-E, control of our seed supply. Um, to big companies whose only concern really is making more money for the shareholders. So, Nikki, you are a voice and you are a, an acknowledged voice and recognised and respected. Is anybody listening, Nikki? I, I think they are, yeah. I think um, there's a lot more uh, smaller growers now coming into, um, you know, starting seed companies. There's some very good ones. Uh, they are trying more and more to grow uh, open pollinated varieties, and many are trying to breed them themselves. Um, and we really ought to be supporting them more, and we ought to actually try to buy our food from growers who are actually doing the same. You know, if we don't grow our own food, that's what we should be doing, mm. um, because that's the only way things are actually going to change. Uh, you know, and as I say, you know, we know climate change is happening. We know food security is a problem, and we've had plenty of examples of that over the last year or so. Yes. Uh, and, you know, we really need to try to do things differently. Um, and, you know, I mean, the problem is, of course, the supermarkets all want a reliable supply of the same-looking crop that packs the same, that, that you know, travels for weeks without bruising uh, and all of that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, most of the tomatoes I grow here are not F1 varieties. Uh, I only mm. grow one F1 variety, which is Rosada. Yes. Um, and the rest have been bred for hundreds of years by people who found them terrific varieties, which adapt to everything. And I, I've got an example here. They're doing better than anything here this year. You know, ones like um, Dr. Carolyn and John Bear are terrific varieties. You can't buy them anymore. You can't buy the seed anywhere. Yes. I, I try, you know, if, if you're growing um, crops and saving seed from them, try to share them with as many people as you can. And, and you know, it's really important to do that mm. um, because it's the only way um, that they're going to get out there and stay out there. Because if, pl- you know, if plants, if crops aren't grown Eventually, they die out, yes. and they're not there anymore. When we'll need to look to them for, for you yeah. know, genes to breed into new plants. And the message is that uh, with what all all that's happened, should I say, in the world, especially as you say, in the last uh, couple of years with COVID and now the war yep. and everything like that. We've got to look after ourselves. This thing of importing food from thousands of miles oh, away yeah. and depending, we've got to grow our own and we can do it here. We can do, And we can do it organically and well without pumping loads of chemicals into the soil. Yeah, absolutely. And the point is that, that GMOs and chemicals aren't the way to go um, because, you know, they're, they're not healthy for the planet and they're not healthy for us. And it can be done. You know, food can be grown organically perfectly well. Um, and, you know, I mean, let's face it, you know, 30 to 40 percent of the, the food in the world right now is wasted. It's yes. time we realize what's happening. 
uh, and we supported those growers who are growing you know, better varieties, open-pollinated varieties, supporting small seed companies. Now, sadly, a lot of the amateur seed companies are also uh, um, anonymously owned, shall I say, by these large uh, multinational corporations. Uh, and there's only four of them controlling all our seeds uh, and selling us the agricultural chemicals <clears throat> agrochemicals to, to grow them. It's a, it's a real concern. Back to the, to, uh, the uh, festival. It's on this weekend in Airfield. And if you're uh, looking for something to do or something different to see and enjoy, go along and support it. it Nikki Kyle is the founder and she's given her, her thumbs up to this year and delighted that it's continuing at Airfield. You mentioned a couple of varieties there. I sent you a picture. You got it, did you, of my little... Oh, little was fabulous, Terry. <laughs> well done. Well, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, thank you. And, and of course, you are my guide and teacher as well and I've I've learned so much from you but I do want to mention one I mentioned it to yourself as well I've come across and you know, with, with, with our, with our favourite one uh, Rosada difficult to get I was telling you a little earlier and I want to tell listeners as well um, the other one is Orange Drops Nikki that I grew this year it's a lovely tomato right, is that an F1 hybrid uh, I, I'm, I'm just not 100% sure it could be in yeah. the same vein as Rosada I don't know but I, I'll check that out for you but I yeah. have to say it's an orange and it's a pear shape as well. Oh, Nikki, it's a lovely tomato. It Great. really Well, is. I must try that next year. Please, actually, God. We'll swap cuttings. We'll again, swap, you know. of course. Um, we we will swap. Anyway. Uh, they're doing tastings, by the way, uh, yes. as well, both days at uh, Airfield. Airfield. So that'll be fantastic yes. for people. I'm so, just so sorry I won't be there. I understand. And, and they'll miss you. But you know what? You were the one that began it all gave it its legs, brought it along, looked after the child to an age. And as you said yourself at the start there, somebody else is taking on the responsibility. And it uh, is fantastic. One person I must mention here, Jerry, sorry to interrupt, is Jane Powell. Yes. Because after I broke my shoulder in 2013, yes, I couldn't face uh, running another one. And she said, no, no, we can't let this die. I'm going to adopt it. I'm going to take it forward. And she's done most of the work uh, after, you know, since then uh, and kept it going. And it's grown and matured under her direction and she's been fantastic great I mean. great to mention her and I say here here to that you're always fantastic we'll see you next month for the usual but for the moment good luck to everybody with the totally terrific tomato festival Absolutely. and I'm delighted that its founder joined me again today Nikki see you soon thanks so much Jerry. you're welcome take care bye bye that's the wonderful Nikki Kyle it's your TV theme competition have a listen <laughs> Bookum Dano Murder One. Oh, I shouldn't even have said that. Oh, I shouldn't have said that at all. What am I talking about? The TV theme. Lovely little prize to send out to one of you this afternoon. What is the TV programme that that song is played ahead of each time it appears on TV screens? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text us to the show and we'll pick somebody before the end of late lunch. Well, you know, I was right. It's going to be a disaster, isn't it, Louise? It will be a disaster. Yes. Oh, the square s- toilet roll you, not going to happen <laughs> it's, you must leave those toilet <laughs> roll tubes alone we make crackers with them at Christmas time says a listener that's a Jerry idea. that's a great idea mm. isn't it as well the curtains that certainly has got traction yep, people, for house pride owners you mentioned there uh, mm-hmm. about the toilet rolls being useful for that 
did you say to me or somebody said a rocket ship? Rocket ship for for when you're, you know, if you have a child. Yes. Rocket ships or tunnels for the cars to go through. <laughs> or if you have a little girl or whatever, they can use it for a cast for a teddy bear's arm if he breaks his arm. <laughs> That's so good. There are many uses for the mm. uh, the toilet roll holder or the, the, the little centre part, the tube we're talking about. If you use them for anything, do let us know. 086 658 by WhatsApp or text. I thought Nikki's use was brilliant, you know, for the for the early seeds. And Nikki's just brilliant the, anyway. Oh, she's so innovative. She certainly is. Anyway, books on the way after two on late lunch, but taking us there... It's coming out, I promise you, over the next few days. That big orange thing in the sky. It's Picture House on your late lunch. There's a sunburst whenever you're near me. There's a sunburst trying to break through. It's Boot Club Friday and standing into big boots once again, she's brilliant in her own right, is the owner of Academy Books and Drawn Southside, Irene Gahan. Irene, how are you? Good, hi, happy, thank crunchy, it's Friday, Jerry. Ah, oh, thank crunchy is right, it's Friday, and a good book going into the weekend, and Rick Cronje to follow with a lovely wine, well, you're with the right show on radio this afternoon, I have to say. Anyway, your book of the month, please. So my book of the month has just literally been released. Oh, uh, uh, it's literally just been released. It's The Queen of Dirt Island by Donald Lyne. Oh, my word. This man is back again. What a beautiful writer he is. And this begins, Irene, with an ending. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I don't even, I'm not even quite sure how to describe it because I had never read Strange Flowers. So there is a little bit of a crossover between some of the characters here. But it begins, as you say, with an ending, with a death. Um, and it kind of sets the tone and it kind of sets the whole environment to everything that goes on. It is beautifully written. It is a masterclass in mm. beautiful writing. Um, <laughs> that's all I can yes, say. Yes. Um, he's a fabulous writer anyway. I mean, there's no question. He's, he, he's you know, he, he's, he's one of our best, as they say. Mm. But this book is, it's really interesting in the way he writes it. Um, I'm a very big fan of short sentences. I'm, I'm not great at waxing lyrical going on, you know, very, very long sentences. But he does it in an interesting way. He sets the scene with short sentences and then he describes something in long sentences. So it's quite, it's, it's quite an emotive book. And I, but I think it's, it's, I don't know whether it's because I've read so many of his before. It's like coming home mm. reading it. Um, so basically it's about a family um, and there's effectively three generations we kind of we come across three generations in Nina a small Nina in, in Tipperary and it doesn't um, explain to you when it's set you, you just have to to glean the information out of it based on you know the little clues that you're given as you go along um, and it's basically about this uh, girl whose base father dies. I'm not giving up too much because it pretty much says it. Her father dies a week after she's born. So her and her mum, um, basically, her, the, the, the father's mother is their best friend, effectively. She comes in to kind of look after them. And it's very much around the three, the narrative of three generations and three very different generations. Um, and it's very indicative of the time. So she fell in love with this guy from Nina and Tipperary, her family well-to-do. Um, uh, but it's full of love. It's full, you know, it's beautifully written. It's really nice. Uh, the narrative is incredible. The prose is amazing. But it's it's very, very typical, I think, of 
stories set in that time, rural Ireland, three generations, yes. having a shilling to rub together. You know, you're selling the chickens to buy the cardigan for the communion. Um, and I suppose it paints a picture of rural Ireland at a certain time where, you know, there was no such thing as girl power. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, a patriarchy, yes. Yeah, very much so. But I think it kind of gives an element of, um, you know, they're very much, we're self-sustainable, we can cope without men, you're okay, we'll get there, we'll, we'll do what we have to do to survive because we've no other choice, if that makes sense. Yes. But what's interesting for me is, um, I don't know whether it's the sins of the father kind of scenario, but I, I kind of, you know, history often repeats itself. And in a lot of, in a lot of real life, as much as anything else, history repeats itself. So um, how the, her mother and the daughter end up, you know, there's a repeat here. There's a repetitive thing here, yeah. um, and which is, comes out through the book. And obviously, and then the uncle is, goes down for storing, um, you know, storing guns for the IRA. And But the mother always goes, he wasn't the brightest shilling and all this stuff. Mm. So there's all these little kind of side stories as well to it. Um, but it's fabulously written, really good. And you can visualize it really well. So I... Oh, hand on heart, I'd seriously recommend it. Oh, there you are. The Queen of Dirt, uh, Dirt Island is a book of the month on late lunch. Thanks to Irene Gahan from Academy Books. And if Irene Gahan loves it, you love it too. I promise you. Let's move on because you want to make a couple of, I'll bring a couple more to uh, our listeners' attention. The Lincoln Highway. Yeah, so um, what's interesting about this was I wasn't a big fan of the gentleman in Moscow, a gentleman in Moscow, um, and it's actually about to get the Hollywood treatment, Jerry. Um, mm. Ewan McGregor has signed on to play the Russian All in right. the gentleman in Moscow. Um, I wasn't a really big fan of it, and it's so long ago since I've read it now. Um, and he's very, very popular, and he's, and he's really interesting writing. But I think maybe this is a really, really good book, and if you're fans of Gentleman in Moscow or Rules of Civility, you will really enjoy it. I'm I. I I would be more Donald Ryan um, than Lincoln Highway, I suppose, if that makes sense. But yes. it's, set, it's set in a very, very similar manner to, which is what I kind of find the juxtaposition interesting. So it's basically, it's 1954, an 18-year-old, Hamas um, Watson, has been coming home from Nebraska. He's served time for involuntary manslaughter. He's going back to sort of look after his brother and his family so they can start afresh. But two of his friends basically have uh, absconded in the back of the car. <laughs> um, and they basically hatched a plan and they head to uh, they head off to New York. Um, so they kind of destroy his whole plan. And it's set over 10 days. And it's set from, the narrative set from different directions. There's multiple points of view, if that makes sense. Mm. So the characters are very, very strong, very detailed, very nuanced. But uh, And it is quite interesting in the sense that it's probably the American version of um, the Donald Ryan book, right. if that makes sense. Okay. Um, I did like the writing. The writing is very, very nice. But I'm, I don't know, I think I'm a particular kind of person. So I think if you like The Gentleman in Moscow and if you like Ruins for Civility, you will really, really enjoy this one. So it's called The Lincoln Highway by Amor Towles and best-selling author, as you said, of A Gentleman in Moscow and Rules of Civility. Uh, it's a very interesting plot. It really is. And he works it through. And you love it when they hit New York City, the boys, and all to do that. And the little fella, the eight-year-old brother of the, the, of, the, of the lad who did serve his time properly, not that the other two that were in the trunk no, that exactly. escaped, you know. So there's a lot going on in it. But uh, fair juice to you, as you say, uh, maybe not 
not your cup of tea in terms of previous works, but you love this one, the Lincoln Highway. Now, what about your your third pick today? And I want to say that's a fairly substantial read. That Lincoln Highway. Well, it this is. next one is a big, big book. It's called The Binding Room by Nadine Matheson. Yeah. So I was on when I was on the show with you there last year. I was. The Jigsaw Man is her first book. Yes. And The Jigsaw Man is kind of loosely based on real life, uh, a real life crime, which was basically torsos of uh, bodies uh, were found when at low tide on the Thames. So there was a loose theme around something that had actually happened. But when I was reading her first book, I was like, wow, this is like an early Patricia Cornwell. Um, you know, it was so nuanced. It was so on the money for the actual um, procedure and stuff. And I was thinking, oh, this person, she might be a writer, but she's definitely something else. Um, and it turns out she's a criminal barrister. So she would have known all the very, very detailed parts of it. And yes. I love that aspect of it. I love the crime part of it, the forensics part of it, that aspect to it. And I just thought it was an excellent debut novel. It was so good. Mm. And you, you're introduced to the characters, the, the detective, um, Alika Henley, um, and Ramutier, um, who is her sidekick for all intents and purposes. And then obviously there's various. So she's, she's a detective on this serial crime squad, basically, in London. So I adored it. I really waited. I was waiting and waiting to see what the binding room would be like. And if you've read The Jigsaw Room, you will really enjoy The Binding Room. Okay. So basically what's happened is a pastor has been murdered. and But they find, when they're investigating his murder, they find another body in the back mm. room, in the parish, in the church, inverted commas. So... It's all about this, and then it slowly starts to unravel. Okay, there's not just one body. This isn't the only one that's happened to. And then we discover the pastor isn't as good as he's supposed to be. So there's kind of an awful lot of going on in the book. Um, And I think you would probably get more out of it if you'd read The Jigsaw Man, if that makes sense. If you were picking it up on its own, you might miss um, the backstory a little bit but it's a brilliant brilliant book so I would recommend it wholeheartedly great read but maybe get the Jigsaw Man first and I guarantee you'll definitely want to get the second one <laughs> so definitely yeah. so Nadine Matheson is the author she yeah, is uh, from a, a legal background so she knows the score here The Binding Room it. is the name, of the name of the book and it's another substantial book I will say but the one thing I was just looking at some people who'd read it as well like yourself many people said that the twists are brilliant in it, that you actually nearly don't anticipate them. Would you go along with that? Yeah, I would. I think the twists that are there, you know, I've been, I read so much crime, so I love, say for example, Joe Spain, she's got layers. Okay, Mm. she, she unveils her layers. And then there's other, there's other writers like Steve Kavanagh who do twists, who do complete 360 pivots. Um, And that's what I like about Nadine um, and The Binding Room. I think she's very, very good at the, you know, the twist, the little, oh, okay, hold on a second. (laughs) That's not going where I thought it was going. And I think that's the best way an author can keep you interested and keep you going um, in a book. And I think sometimes, though, as well, 
her, you could visualize this as kind of a BBC series or a Netflix series. You know, you could actually visualize it. Yeah. Um, so that's what I loved about it. Um, definitely loved about it. Did you, had you, did you get a chance to read it? Uh, no, because what I did read was One True Loves, which was another one you mentioned oh, okay. to me, right? Very good. What and did you think of that well, one? Well, well, I, well, I say I read it. I listened to it in audio form and it's brilliant in that form, I have to say. The book is One True Loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And Sherry, you had so much homework I, and this is random uh, Irene mentioned to me well I only got through three out of four and funny enough I'd listen to the fourth one isn't this amazing but anyway One True Loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid I recommend this highly because it's simply brilliant because the main character Emma Blair marries Jesse our high school sweetheart on their first anniversary he goes missing in a helicopter crash, right? And she's devastated. And they're, they've moved abroad at this stage from the States, but she has to move home. And when she moves home years later, she meets another former friend from her childhood, falls in love with him and marries him. But guess what, Irene? Jesse shows up. He didn't oh, die okay. in the helicopter crash. So what does she oh my do? God, what does she do? Who does she love? What, you know, does she love her husband? Does she love the new man? I'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to tell you anymore. It's brilliant. Thank you for recommending it. It is brilliant. One True Loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So there's another one for you, folks, today. A Brucey Brucey bonus. Anyway, thank you so much for being so kind and uh, recommending those books. And I'll remind listeners again, Book of the Month is Donal Ryan, the Queen of Dart Island. Now, we just have to mention before you go, Hachette have given us a little giveaway for Book Club, Irene. They have. Hachette has given me three new books that have... Three books. There's three books. They're all the same books, so there's three winners to be won. And I'm not going to say what they are because it hasn't been released yet. She's given me advanced copies. Great. And they are crime. And anyone who loves crime will really want to read these. It'll be, it's a big surprise. It's a big unveil. But we'd like to, I'd just like to say thanks to Hashad Ireland yes. for giving them to us because... I've already started one. I've already started one. Um, I have my own copy okay. and I won't be giving it away. I can tell you that. Okay, well, so I'm not... It'll be a big reveal. Big reveal. So I'm going to ask a question today based on one of the words in the title, which is not giving it away, okay? One of the words in the title in this book by a most brilliant author, right, is the word sleep. Now, I want to know on late lunch today, what is the Irish word for sleep translated from me into Irish the Irish word for sleep wins you one of these books which Irene will dispatch to you uh, in due course that's the question today 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text you'll love this book I promise you what is the Irish word for sleep anyway Irene you've been so good thank you for joining me again I really do appreciate it no problem it. at all take, take care, care yourself bye 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 Irene Gahan there from Academy Books Southside Shopping Centre Drahada. she can look after you with your reading needs order anything for you and she's a fantastic selection of books there as well time for a laugh on Friday and this week Billy Gardell he's brilliant he's talking about when granny hits the sauce knock knock who's there that's how it works it's called comedy 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 sir comedy classic comedy classic comedy on the late lunch I love comedy I love a working class Christmas too because that's when my grandmother would start drinking Two weeks to celebrate the birth of Jesus. <laughs> she didn't mess around, man. When she went, she went. She would drink highballs. Yeah. For those of you too young to know what a highball is, that's straight bourbon. They drop a cherry in there like that's gonna break it up. 
She was great, man. You know what she'd do with the cherries? Feed them to the kids. <laughs> Here you go, honey. You're gonna sleep good tonight, huh? Them teeth don't hurt when Nana's over, do you? They don't hurt no more. I remember being nine years old, buzzed up on highball cherries, trying to build a bar out of Legos. Nana is all right, man, you know? She's just cool, man, that's all. I grew up in the last generation before they put the rules in, too. Right. Back when your mother could scold you in public and nobody would press charges or be offended. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying to beat your children. I mean, scare them a little. That's what they need, a little boundary. My mom, you didn't even have to do anything wrong. You could just have something in your hand at the store and she'd just, if you touch one more thing, I will leave you here for the rest of your life. And everybody in the store would go, he probably deserved that, he probably deserved it. He's asking for a fruit roll-up, who's he think he is? That's a lot of money, you know. My poor mother, I don't know how she did it, man. Oh my God, something happens to a woman when she gives birth. She gives birth, that fuse burns out and it never comes back. No, it fries their brain, and how could it not? There's another human being grabbing you and touching you and needing you 24 hours, and then there's the kids. <laughs> My mom would get so worked up in her head that there was a wire missing from that there to her mouth. So by the time it got from here to here, you had to figure out what she meant. <laughs> She'd come out of the bathroom and go, turn the TV down, the toilet's overflowing. That don't have nothing to do with the... All right! She'd say, leave a key under the mat for your sister. Now put a note on the door so she can find it. How do you write that note? Dear burglar, key is under mat, love Bill. P.S. All the good stuff is in my brother's room. <laughs> the brilliant Billy Gardell. What a funny, funny man. Looking at life in a comical way. You can't beat it. Your comedy on Friday and your late lunch. Welcome to the show if you're just joining us. Wherever you're listening to us today, you are very welcome. And delighted to have you with us. Uh, we're, we're talking top of the show, but the disaster. Toilet roll tubes have been withdrawn by Cushell. As Louise says, they're changing the name to Crushell now. Well, I'm sure they've worked something out about that. Angela, brilliant, I have to say. The toilet roll tube. Jerry, my husband uses them for putting practice. He puts them down and tries to put the ball into them. Well, do you know what I'm thinking, Angela? Rory McElroy needs a supply of toilet roll tubes urgently. <laughs> this putting's terrible. It really is. Great one. I love it. If you're putting them in the tube, well, you'll sink them when you go out on the green. That is for sure. Keep them coming to us if you use toilet roll tubes in a certain way. 086-1800-658. Up next in uh, We While in Late Lunch, Rick Cronje is with us. He is our virtuoso of vino, but taking us towards the good glass. A glass of red today. 
to go with the excellent books that Irene Gahan has just recommended to us. Taking us there, it's the Rembrandts on your late lunch this lovely, lovely Friday afternoon. Well, we have the books and it's just, well, there's only one thing to go with a lovely book, isn't there? Well, one very important thing. Yes, a glass of beautiful wine and the man to recommend it is with us again. Rick Crownjay, welcome back to the show. Thanks very much. Jim. Thanks for joining me again today. Now, it's read all the way and yes. Tesco has been your port of call uh, for the Wines Day and the country is Spain. But the grape is the thing that we are doing now in yes. this series, comparing uh, different bottles made from the same grape. So your grape today is... The Tempranillo. And is Tempranillo, is, is that peculiar to Spain? It is. It's certainly the Rioja region. Yes. There. It's, it's very famous for it. And, uh, of course, we all know Rioja. And uh, sometimes you don't even see Tempranillo written on the bottle because uh, that's the majority of the vineyards. They are Tempranillo and the Rioja region. In fact, that's the law. You've got to have the Tempranillo in majority. Yes. Yes. So yes. Tempranillo is the grape we're talking about today. And Rick, as usual, has selected two beautiful wines. Now, you've got back to 2016 for both and I just added my finger 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 six years yeah. ago that's right Jerry. because these grapes would have been harvested September and we are in September give or yes. take a few days yeah. yeah yeah beautiful now they're both Reserva so we just need to clarify that because what a Reserva means is that the winemaker has to keep it on the estate for three years one of those years must be in oak minimum so at, at at a minimum twelve months in oak, and then the balance two more of years. Two more years on the estate. It, on the lying on it, lying on its flat. Then when it comes out of the of the barrel, they lay the bottles on their flat. Of course, yes, corked yeah. everything else. Done. Everything it has to stay there, and the majority of bottles will be sixteen, eighteen months in oak, mm. and the balance in bottles. Mm. But yeah, that that's the regulation to get reserva on. Label. And when would they start sending that out for quaffing? Will they start after that three years? After the three years, yeah. Now, some of them might decide to hold back a bit. Certainly, if it's a good year, they'll decide to hold back a bit. And um, the marketing kicks in. They look at the price. And they can hold back, if they can, of course, if they have, <laughs> if they have good relations with their accountant. Yes. Yeah. So three but, more years has gone by before, you know, we have yeah. this wine to taste now. What are you talking about? How long could you keep this for? Is this a wine for drinking now after six years or could you keep it, it for another year Oh, or no, you could keep it another year, Jerry. Easy. Oh, easy, 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 yeah. Yeah, they would have, as I say, 2016, it would have been harvested and bottled and put in oak. So it'll be 2019, the end of 2019, before they could legally uh, put it on the okay, market. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So your first one, tell us about your first one. Yeah, uh, the Vina del Cura. Now, that's under the Tesco finest uh, uh, label. They didn't get the whole batch now. They just bought into uh, a good portion um, yes. of it and, and put the uh, label on it. Again, it's uh, uh, Rioja Reserva 2016. Okay. And in this case, what happened with this uh, uh, wine is that they had it um, uh, 16 months uh, on oak. Okay, this particular one. This here. particular right. one. And the balance, the 20 months in the bottle aging 
before it was released. Okay. Yeah. And, and these people, 1985, mm. a group of Rioja winemakers came together and wanted to put a modern spin on this. They wanted to, Jerry. If, if, if you remember over the years, we've spoken about the 80s being the, the age of the yuppie and the mobile phone and everybody were drinking, I think, Chardonnay at the time. Yes. And then that changed. But yeah, they were young and they, they just felt that they needed uh, something new to boost uh, Rioja, rather than just stay with the old traditional yes, ways. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, they did very well. Yeah, and uh, they have done really well indeed. So let's have you a wee drop of it there till I have. I do. How Jen. do you describe it for listeners, your own description? Yeah. Well, and on on the nose, what you'll find, it, it, it's, it's dark in colour, obviously, with the oak and that. And uh, you're going to get... Um, oh, there's plums there. Oh, you do. You do, Jerry. Isn't you're definitely going to get... And I get the oak, you know. Oak, yeah. It's no, you clear, would get yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, you'll definitely get that. Um, and on the palate, it's a little bit on the dry side uh, for me. But that will be the Rioja style. Uh, what I find with these wines, Jerry, it, it tends to grow on you, you know. It's nice. It is nice. It is nice. I know what you're saying, but yeah. it is nice. Yeah. And and what I liked about it, it's on the drier side. It's not quite as fruity and jammy as others, which has its place as well. Yes. Don't get me wrong. But um, and it's it's quite bold. You know, you drink oh, in yeah. uh, Rioja. That's oh, it's for a sure. beautiful deep red. Yeah. It, it, I have to say, that is lovely now. It is lovely. It now, is. right, it's not plummy. It's not yeah. that type of red wine at no, all. No. So therefore, if you had something nice with that, Rick, oh, yes, yeah, what yeah. what are you saying? Beef, beef and oh, lamb. It'd it, just be a, a match great. made in heaven, wouldn't it? It will be, Jerry. What I would say to listeners is open up a good hour before. Okay. It it, it needs, even if you look, if you tilt it, and you'll see the the lighter ring, so it's 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 okay. settled. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a crack of a red. And just to remind you again, it's Spain is the country. Vina del Cura, it's under the Tesco finest label. Tempranillo, 2016, 15 euro. 15 euro, absolutely, Jerry. A, a very good, as you say, 2016. Here we are, six, seven years mm. uh, on. Uh, we do miss the 20% that some of the competitors offer. Yes, yes, but there you go. Now, to uh, uh, compare and contrast, you've uh, stayed with Tesco, stayed in Spain, Rioja again, yeah. and 2016, the very same year. So what have you for the second yeah, bottle today? The, the second one is the Baron uh, Diebro. Um, now, again, as you say, everything is the same. Now, the interesting thing here was that uh, in that particular area, which is the uh, uh, Nueva, they got together, the growers themselves, and formed a co-op. And they have something like 2,600 hectares combined now, the co-op. Big. Big, big. Uh, they do something like 17 million bottles now. Beautiful. Every year. <laughs> every year. Every year. That's a lot every of wine, year. folks. That's a lot of wine. It certainly uh, it's, is. Uh, a lot of, and, and they actually operate, I think they've got six or seven different labels now um, uh, that they operate under. And again, this is oaked for 18 months? This one is oaked for 18 months. Very important. Yes. There. And the balance, the other 18 in the bottle. Uh, on the it. on the winery out, mm. uh, in the area as well before out it comes yeah. uh, uh, for drinking yeah. uh, they've grown mm. substantially and uh, they they formed as a group much earlier than the last uh, bottle yeah, we were talking about these are these are the fifties you know it goes yeah. back a long time so there's a lot mm. of history uh, with these people there yeah. so I'm I'm actually dying to have a little and I, and I just take a mouthful let me say yeah. a sip is all I take here and we say to you when you drink drink 
in moderation. Drink carefully, drink plenty of water with your wine and enjoy it. It's not, uh, you know, excess. Just enjoy it. You'll enjoy the occasion much better. Be sensible when it comes to wine and alcohol. Okay, let me... Now, there's a distinct... There's no plum in that. No. No. What no, is I it? I um, find that... Uh, if some kind of fruit... You get the oak again, but the certainly yeah. on the nose. Look at the difference. I love that because now I see the, the actual difference. difference. Yeah. Which yeah. is... I, I I thought this one was much softer, uh, mm, Jerry. Um, mm. You know, it it's not as dry. Um, it's a bit more spiciness. Dark fruits is starting to come through on this one. And again, you know, you just need a bit of time and uh, you'll oh, pick I'm up the Oh, I'm getting the blackberry. I'm getting the dark fruit in that there. Yeah, and the yeah. spices. You say, you know yeah. your stuff. I think you know a thing or two, Rick Grange, well, <laughs> about wine. I really do, because yeah, your description yeah. is just perfect on that one there. Now, there's one I'd say to you. The other one's beautiful. You could sip that on its own, couldn't you? I would chance that, yeah. Yes, I would I definitely so. chance it. I, I, I definitely, uh, I, I just think it's softer. And maybe now that I know it's got an extra two months on the oak, maybe yes. that, uh, it would have had an influence. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. I think you can get away with that next to a lovely roaring fire. Oh, there, beautiful. Definitely. But you could match it. Uh, and I know oh, you, yeah. you like it in the context of vegetarian dishes, vegan, vegetarian. Yeah. Nuts, yes. Yeah. We, uh, I, I had a lovely uh, mushroom dish was, was made, you know. Yes, with uh, this. With this, yeah. And it really, uh, very, because mushroom itself, it's certainly the way it was made was quite rich yes and that went with it beautifully oh I'm sure it does and it cheese really a it. cheese oh, uh, wouldn't that be cheese. lovely with hard a cheese, cheese board wouldn't it hard cheese definitely beautiful as well yeah good cheddar or Swiss or something like it's that it's lovely yeah. Baron de Ebro Tempranillo Spain Rioja 2016 Tesco I'm coming in at 15 euro uh, again there now quickly an interesting experiment you yes. have the very same wine yes but from two years on 2018 correct, correct. Correct, and have Jerry. you a little drop of that there? Yes, I, just, I do, And you, you want to demonstrate with this the difference yeah. in the years, yeah. why it's important, the year is so important. That's why we emphasise it, Jerry. This is a 2018. Um, it's, In other words, it's two years younger. Um, and it's so important when we talk about the wines, we emphasise the year because it's so easy to get them mixed up. The labels are absolutely identical. 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 But the wines aren't. No. There's a difference. No, there's a difference. There, I'd so. rather the 16. You don't Absolutely, mind me saying that, Jerry. do you? I'd rather the 2016. No, I'm not saying the 18 is fine. But yeah. there is a subtle difference between the 16 vintage and the 2018. There is, Jerry, And uh, the nose is the first one that I yes. picked it on. The yes. alcohol is very strong. Um, the wood. Mm. Um, it, it just hasn't quite settled to the same. But th- that was the idea, just to demonstrate. You know, people say, what's a year and why? Well, try two. <laughs> Johnny Logan's right. He could have been singing about wine. What's another year? It's very important, actually. And that does show it clearly to us there. So make sure when you go in for that one, it's 2016. And both our wines are 2016 today. Both from Spain, Rioja. First one is Vina del Cura, Tempranillo, 2016, Tesco. And the second one, Baron Debro, Tempranillo as well, 2016. And also from Tesco, both at 15 euro. You won't go wrong this weekend. I'm uh, hankering towards a leg of lamb as we sit here. Definitely, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> On the barbecue. <laughs> On the barbecue is right, Rick. Rick, you're brilliant. Thank you so much. We really love your company and you're fantastic to us in late lunch. I want to say that again. And uh, folks, enjoy and enjoy. It'll be just a lovely weekend with Rick's recommendations. Until next time, Rick Cronje. Thank you.
Thanks, Jerry. Louise, the news. We were listening, you and I, earlier on, and SSE Electricity announcing 35% uh, rise to electricity bills and 39 on gas bills. That is huge, isn't it? That's huge. just going to put pressure on so many people so many that are people. already struggling from the last hike. Mm. Like, it's ridiculous. It, I, I was saying to you as well that um, in the UK, they have a price cap an energy price cap that was, I think, around about 1,200, let's say, last year. Okay. That was the max you could, you would have to pay. It's now gone to the high 3,000s and will go next spring, they say, in the UK to over 4,000. Like, when you think of it, they have North Sea oil. Yeah. And they have nuclear. We have matches. And we have nothing <laughs> in this country and we're at the end of the chain. Do you know what we're hoping for in Ireland? A heat wave in November. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the whole winter to be storms that those... Oh, windmills. Windmills turn and turn like mad. And if that doesn't happen, if we have a calm enough winter, which we had last year, we're in massive trouble. And we're on the end of the line, you must remember. I think what's coming here is going to be unprecedented. Really, this is only the start of it, I say. And I don't mean to panic people. But in my summation, that's the way it's going. And what have we done? Or, you know, and I know it's, it's only a problem of the last, what, six months with the war, but COVID before that. Mm. What have we done? Where are we going? What is the situation with energy is and energy security? Is there a plan? I say it here again, and I, I say this, and I've said it, you know, many times in the past. I honestly think we need to generate power in this country from nuclear energy. That is my belief. Mm. And lots of people would disagree with me, but it's coming to the point where new generators are safer and they're smaller. Uh, it, it, by the way, this won't happen today or tomorrow. No, it's long time. It could time. take five to ten years to do this. But we've got to open the conversation again and get real here. We've got to get real with this. We haven't got oil, we haven't got gas, and what we have, where is it gone? You know, over off the West Coast, uh, that's another investigation. Yep. I don't know where it's gone. But it just it, seemed to sell yeah, all our natural yeah, resources. Yeah, it seems to be gone. But there's real long-term thinking here, but in the short term, I don't know. If we can pay people during COVID and keep the show on the road, well, I think we're going to have to borrow even more to keep mm. the show on the I road I think there'll now. be a lot of people confined to one room, uh, I going think, to bed early. I think, I don't, do I don't worry about you, because you are the queen <laughs> of the lagging jacket. <laughs> yeah, means I'll have to get another lagging yeah, jacket. We, we, we'll all have layers in us <laughs> in here. We'll be like the Oompa Loompas, or, or the Michelin, <laughs> Michelin, men. Michelin men and women, looking out through the little peepholes, <laughs> yes. Anyway, you might as well laugh as cry. Peepholes or binoculars with <laughs> toilet roll holders. <laughs> Which are toilet... Binoculars, toilet roll holders, you're absolutely right. Friday afternoon, late lunch. I've been at it all week. It's time for this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Yes, it's been Roxy music all this week. And I'll just tell you about my song today that I've picked. It's a 1982 single from the album Avalon. And it was the group's last top 10 hit in the UK, peaking at number six. Although in America, it only made 58 on the Billboard Top 100. Uh, It's been covered many, many times by different groups since. And it was written by lead singer Brian Ferry, who has stated in interviews that he began writing the songs for Avalon while on the West Coast 
coast of Ireland, which he believes contributed to the dark, melancholy theme of the album. More than this is somewhat unusual for a pop song in that Ferry's lead vocals end at 2 minutes 45. You can time it if you want, leaving the last 1.45 as a synthesizer-driven instrumental. That's why my Louise was shaking her head when I said I'd selected it as my song today. Anyway, I do like it. Here it is to conclude a week of Roxy Music. It's more than this. Yeah, I think Brian Ferry went for a smoke. Something like that happened, didn't it? Anyway, yeah, that concludes my week of Roxy Music with a song I absolutely love more than this. And David Sheen's with us shortly and he's in studio with me today and he loves it too. He thinks it's an absolute classic. So two votes to one. Sorry, Louise. She usually wins. She usually beats me anyway on the votes. What's rare is wonderful. Anyway, let's go back to our TV theme and have a listen. Yes, Hawaii 5 is the answer. Of course it is. It aired for 12 seasons between 68 and 1980 and the reruns continue to today and loads of you got it. Oh, you're very clever indeed. You love Hawaii 5 Bookum Dano, murder one. Do you remember the line from it? Anyway, the winner today of our prize on late launch for identifying the TV theme is Bernie Sheehy from Navin in County Mead. Well done to you. Louise, was that on your radar for watching Hawaii 5 Yes or no? I knew the theme tune, but I've never seen the, the, there you go. the show, no. No, you'll have to do it. Catch up. Back onto the, the reruns and watch it. Oh, it's pretty dated, I have to say, at this stage now. But it is a popular one and a familiar one. Now, the TV theme winner we have. What about uh, the question I asked for the books for, on Book Club from Irene Gahan, Academy Books. We have three winners for that. And the question was, what's the Irish word for sleep? And it is? Colour. Colour. I hope you're not a colour this afternoon. I know well, you're not. Well, I was not. after that last song. <laughs> she got <laughs> belt back in. You'd Jealous guy. You'd just, Much better song. You just have to, oh, geez, talk about colour. Jealous guy. I'd be on me back asleep in the studio. Are you joking? Anyway, give it, she'd have to get the last word in. Her, I'm a woman. Her, of course. Oh, her mother's right. Her mother's right. Go on. Give us the three winners. Pauline Donnelly, uh, Claire McGovern and Barbara Brady. Well done. Well done, Tolly. And thanks to everybody who joined in the spirit today. Again, sending us in answers and uh, Irene will be in touch from Academy and organise the books for you. It's a great one. It's only coming out next week. It's going to be a biggie. I promise you sleep is in the title. We'll leave you guessing. Anyways, waiting to go on late lunch as usual around about this time on Friday. David Sheehan, our presenter of Sunday Sport, is going to chat about the weekend ahead in sport. Roxy Music's biggest fan and his favourite song more than this. David Sheehan is with us on late lunch. Welcome to the show. <laughs> How are you, Jerry? I'll always get the last word. Don't That's you it. worry. That's the way you go. <laughs> Anyways, let's begin with soccer and the FAI Cup tonight. Dundalk and Wexford and, you know, it's a place you expect Dundalk to go down and win you would I think there's, yeah that's really as much as we can say like when when the draw was made I suppose maybe Dundalk would have preferred a home draw but 
away to a Wexford team who are you know not not going great in the first division. They should should be winning that comfortably. I'm sure they'll rest a few players and, and switch things around a little bit. But certainly with the squad Dundalk have, yeah, there's not really much more you can say about it. Then they they should be winning that one comfortably, Jerry, mm. and, and moving on to the quarterfinals. Absolutely. So Dundalk through to the last eight. I think there was a gasp when Drogheda's name came out at home, and then Shamrock Rovers came out next because they were looking perhaps for a cup run and to draw somebody else, but to draw Rovers and they had a great result, of course, last night in the in Europe and. At they have a group stage to look forward to now in the Conference League but they've been awkward Drogheda for Rovers this year very awkward for them and the last time they played was up in Tala a few weeks ago I was there and it came off the back of as many games for Rovers have this season come off the back of a European performance they didn't play very well Drogheda were really good that day went behind to a goal midway through the second half but equalised late on through uh, Evan Weir who uh, let the home supporters know all about it which I, I must say uh, I got a, I got a bit of a kick out of he, he definitely uh, likes to wind up the crowd sometimes Evan Weir but, and he scored against uh, them in Tala earlier in the season as well so they lost that game at the start of the season 3-1 but were, were well in for a long time they beat them at head in the game park through Ryan Brennan who of course was in the headlines a couple of weeks ago after the Shells game he missed the game last week with a hamstring injury but hopefully he'll be back uh, for the game at the weekend but uh, yeah look Drada as we said have been really difficult opponents for Shamrock Rovers uh, they've beaten them once they've drawn with them they won't be, they won't be fearful of them at all um, as we mentioned Shamrock Rovers just off the back of that European game they'll have their eyes on, on Europe possibly and the league probably sewn up so you know maybe they'll be able to take their foot off the pedal a little bit in the league but I think it's going to be a really uh, really interesting game a little bit unfortunate last year Drogheda as well to get Derry in the first round and went out on penalties as we remember really unfortunate to lose that one so you look, they'll be looking forward to it it'll be a packed house again the atmosphere at Head in the Game Park as you know you've been there a lot this mm. season has been cracking for most of the games it's going to be exactly the same again 5 o'clock Sunday I wouldn't rule out uh, an upset there, Jerry. Penalty shootout and Drogheda is naked, perhaps on penos. Yeah, it's a free hit for Drogheda. You have to say that as well. You might as well go for it at this stage. Um, now, let's go to the Premier League and quickly through a few games. There's no standout match this week, but let's talk about the league leaders. Arsenal at home to Fulham. Home win? Yes, I think so. I think so. But, you know, Arsenal have had their problems before with, with Alexander Mitrovic and he's in great form at the moment. Fulham, obviously, the first day of the season drew with uh, with Liverpool so they're tricky enough opponents uh, Fulham and you know they did a really good result last weekend as well Mitrovic getting that, that late header so they're going to be t- tough opponents uh, Fulham but Arsenal at home the way they're going at the moment Jerry look they've made fools of us many 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 yes. times over the years but I think they do look to have added such such quality this year with Sinchenko and Jesus in particular so I would expect Arsenal to win that one but it's not going to be an easy one and uh, I'd say they might just nick it by an odd goal but it's going to be tight enough because I think Fulham are a good side City are there as well of course expected to be home to Palace you have to say a banker home you'd win imagine, there you'd imagine so but we saw Palace go to Anfield a couple of weeks mm. ago and get a really good result you know they've got Eze they've got uh, Wilfred Zaha they're a decent enough team Vieira seems to have them motoring well they're always really well set up they're really smart tactically so again you look you could never back against City at home but I, I think I think they'll win it but I think Palace will give them a bit of a run of it for a while but City should come through that one okay yeah let's talk about two of the other big guns that are struggling of late Manchester United at, at Southampton now what a performance against Liverpool they really played well you have to say And but I remember a few years ago when they wore a funny shirt against Southampton away when Ferguson was there and they ripped it up they never wore the gray, it again the one, yeah. will they be ripping up their shorts this week um, well, I mean, actually, after the performance on, on Monday night, Liverpool could do it ripping up that away kit they mm. were wearing. It was horrendous. But um, Southampton got their first win of the season last weekend. They beat Leicester, came from behind. They're at home now. Um, I'm going to say that I think that result for United on Monday could be a bit of a false dawn. I don't think, you know, it papers over all of the cracks that have been there for such a long time. And I don't think any Manchester United fans expect that to happen either. Uh, Liverpool were really poor on Monday. They didn't look like they were up for it. Milner, 37 or whatever he is in midfield, was, wasn't able for it. Mm. Um, 
they were good United on, on Monday but as was pointed out by a lot of people Ten Hag's game is based around that short passing from the back and De Gea went long with every kick out so they kind of went back to basics a little bit I think on Monday it was a bit more blood and thunder that we, than we would maybe normally see in the Premier League so I wouldn't be putting a, a huge amount of money on Manchester United to get to get the win against Southampton I think that's going to be a really difficult one and I think they might come back down to earth with a bump tomorrow draw match um, Liverpool will they stay up? I think they'll be okay, Jerry. Well, yeah, right. I think they will. Yeah, I think yeah, they'll, yeah, yeah. they'll just about manage to pull away from that from that bottom half of the table. But yeah, at home to Bournemouth, again, it looks like an ideal fixture for them after that defeat against United on Monday. But the performance, more so than anything, I think, would be the thing that that kind of upsets Liverpool fans a little bit. They were just really flat in what was a really big game and traditionally a huge fixture, of course, that Northwest Derby. But at home to Bournemouth you know they should be getting the show back yes. on the road there yeah you'd have to expect that let's switch to GAA and begin in loud football uh, on Sunday uh, the Geraldines uh, who have one win under the belt looking for a second win in the group stage of the Senior Championship taking on St Brides and they're out for the first time yeah local derby here and as you said St Brides first game so they'll be they'll be looking to hit the ground running Geraldines four goals in that win over Maddox last weekend so they've they've had a really strong start and they'll be maybe fancying themselves as outsiders maybe dark horses for a real crack at it at the senior this year um, I'd, I'd expect the Geraldines to win that one it's, it's obviously when it's your first game out as it is for the Brides and they're coming up against a team that have already got a game under their belt that's always a difficult situation but that's the nature of those three group three team groups in Louth but you know with the performance that they put in against um, Maddox the last day I'd expect the Geraldines to win that one yeah that's live on Sunday Sport as you mentioned and if they win they're home and hose they're into the knockout stages and also on Sunday uh, the Mead Senior Hurling Championship big game there and two sides in need of a win Rathod taking on champions Kildalki yeah that's the one I'll be adding Park Talton and that, that group A with the kind of stronger team so to speak in it Kilt- Tail and Trim play each other. They're already both through to the to the semi-finals. They'll go through to the semis. They're top. They're gonna they're gonna come top uh, one and two in the group. It just depends who's gonna come actually top and who's gonna finish second. So they play each other. And then Kildaki and Rotot are currently in third and fourth. With Kildaki in four points, Rotot on three points. Nafina then in fifth on two points. So Rotot need to get something out of this game Kildaki also do to make sure they go through because Nafina are playing Dunboyne who have no points you would expect Nafina to win that game that will move them on to four points level with Kildaki so Rotot and Kildaki both need to get something out of this one I was at the Rotot trim game a few weeks ago and Rotot weren't, didn't really perform to their levels you know obviously, obviously haven't gotten to, to the final a couple of years ago Kildaki are the defending champions so they're not going to want to go out in the opening round either uh, so it's going to be a really interesting game I, I think Kildaki might just sneak it and that will mean Rotota are going to be relying on Dunboyne to beat Nafina which could be a big ask but yeah looking forward to that one it's all on the line there That's intriguing isn't it when it gets to that stage and the ifs and buts and do's and don'ts it's fantastic I'll, I'll have the abacus out in that <laughs> one I think. You will you will and you'll be doing the, the totten up David thank you so much as usual for uh, having a look ahead to that sporting action coming up this weekend remember when for Dundalk tonight online lmfm.ie and on Sunday as well the Drogheda United Chamber Grovers game 5 o'clock will be online also and Sunday Sport on Sunday don't miss our uh, standout sports show on Sunday afternoon that's our lot on Late Lunch for another week big thank you to all our guests who joined us during the week to our listeners to you who tune in every day we love your company thanks for joining us and to my producer Louise Walter couldn't do it without her thanks a million Louise even though our taste in music well we leave that for another day Anyway, have a lovely weekend, everybody, and do come back and join us for a brand new week of Late Lunch. Monday, 1.30. Paul McKenna's on his way with the drive now, and we'll see you for Late Lunch Monday, 1.30. Bye. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.